Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week three of our sermon series called The Walk. And remember, what we're doing in this series is is we're getting into the five essential practices of the Christian faith to to learn what it is that you and I need to be doing to to walk with Christ on a daily basis. So in week one, we got into the practice of worship. and, And what worship is at its essence is living into a relationship with God. And two of the ways that we go about that, two of the foundational ways we go about that, or through attending Sunday morning services as we gather together to, to pray, to praise, to listen and encounter God. And then during the week, we spend time daily in prayer with God. And then last week, we got into the practice of study. And what study is, is, is listening for God to speak. And the way we go about doing that is, is, first of all, we go to Scripture. We create this habit of reading Scripture because God speaks there. We also begin to listen to the voice of God speaking and nudging within us. There's this ability to hear uh, God speaking to us through others. And then ultimately what I hope happens to you is you develop ears to hear that God is always speaking. But now that you're starting to get your brain around the importance of worship and study, which we've done the last two weeks, but before we make our transition into the next three essential practices, I need to kind of show you how... These practices are really basically just about living out Jesus' great commandment. And this is a really important connection here because this is how you see how important all of this stuff is. So what happens when you take a step back and look at these practices in a big picture kind of way, right? Is that the first two practices of worship and study are all about loving God. While the last three practices, serve, give, and share, which we start this week and go for the next couple of weeks, or about how we're being called to love others as ourselves, which means foundationally, what this series is is really all about is taking the complexity of Jesus' greatest commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, and giving us practical, concrete kind of ways to live that out in the bump and grind of our day-to-day existence. It takes this this, uh, theological, this ephemeral thing here, and it makes it practical in the world today. Or in other words... If you want to know what it looks like to to love God with everything that you are and to love others as yourself, well, it's all about giving yourself to worship, study, serving, giving, sharing. It's that simple. It's that foundational. That's what it looks like to, to love God with everything that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. All right, so so now that that connection has been made in your brain, um, what we need to do now is we need to get into essential habit number three, which is to serve. And the best way I know how to show you what service is is to walk you through the parable of the Good Samaritan, which is one of my favorite parables. I mean, it's really mind-blowing. So the first thing you need to know about this parable is that basically Jesus is telling this story, this parable, in response to a young man asking him, well, who is my neighbor? Or, Or more specifically, who are we called to love when God calls us to love our neighbors? So the parable begins in Luke um, 1030, and it says, A man was going down the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and took off, leaving him 
half dead. And what Jesus is describing in the opening part of this parable is a solitary Jewish man actually doing something foolish. He's walking down this road between Jerusalem and Jericho, a notoriously dangerous road that is known for its land pirates. That's right, I said land pirates. And of course, what happens to this man as he's walking alone on Pirate's Road is he gets beaten up, stripped naked, robbed, and left for dead. Because that's what always happens when you try to traverse that dangerous road alone. But then, as luck would have it, it seems as if this poor man has caught a break because now by chance a priest was going down that road. And given that a priest is considered to be one of the most holy and godly people in all of Israel, it seems that this man is going to be saved because that's what godly people do, right? They stop and help. Well, as you guys know, that's, that's not what happens. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Or this priest, this, this holy man, not only doesn't stop, but he went out of his way to avoid him. Now, the reason many scholars give for this priest not stopping to help is because if he happened to touch this man that was left on the side of the road and he was dead, remember, this guy's unconscious here, If he touches him and he is dead, that would make that priest unclean or unable to do his service in God's temple, which is probably where he was headed at that point, right? There's a lot of priests who live in Jericho and they go to Jerusalem to serve. And so he is on his way to do his work in the temple. And so what he does is he chooses not to take that risk, justifying it by basically saying something like, well, service in the temple is way more important than the service that I could give to this man. So he just keeps going on his holy way. But then thankfully, right after the priest walks by, we find another holy person walking by, which is like, this guy's going to get a second chance. So, so likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and he saw him, or the hope at this point in the story is that even though the first holy man, the priest didn't stop to help, surely this Levite was going to do the right thing, or he's going to do what holy people are supposed to do, right? But again, that's not what happens. No, instead, this holy man also passes by on the other side. Or just like the priest, and probably for similar reasons, similar justifications, this Levite keeps right on walking. So at this point in the story, it seems as all hope is lost for this man who has been beaten and left for dead. Because if two of the most holy people in the world are not willing to stop and help, what chance did he have at being saved? Or in other words, it now looks like this man really is going to die. And then there's this twist. But a Samaritan. But a Samaritan while traveling came upon him. Now what you need to know about Samaritans at this point in history is for the Jewish people, Samaritans are considered to be the scum of the earth. Or half-breed people who have corrupted the Jewish faith and so should be avoided at all times cost. Or think about how Biden feels about Trump or how Trump feels about Biden, and you'll be in the right ballpark when it comes to how these people feel about each other. I mean, this is a vicious hatred they have. Which means, as this Samaritan is approaching, it is assumed there is no way in H-E-double hockey sticks that this man is going to stop out and help this mortal enemy of his. I mean, why would he? You're not supposed to help your enemies. You're supposed to go on. And that's exactly what happens. And when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. He he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, treating them with oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Man, he's doing this for his enemy. Are you kidding me? 
But not only did, did the Samaritan do that, the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. This is scandalous stuff. Jesus just made the mortal enemy of his people, the Samaritans, the hero of this story. So after dropping that, that bomb, Jesus then turns to the young man who asked the question in the first place. He says, which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And of course, the young man says, well, the one who showed him mercy. Now, what's interesting about that, the, the one who showed him mercy is he didn't say the Samaritan was the hero of the story. He couldn't bring himself to talk about that guy in that way. He just said, no, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Now, what I love about this parable and what it has to teach us about the nature of service is it shows us very, very clearly that worship and study is not enough. It's not enough for, for you and I to attend church, to read our Bibles, say our prayers, all the while staying out of trouble, which is what the priest and the Levite are doing, right? They're doing everything they're supposed to. They're checking everything off the list. No, part of what it means to walk with Jesus is we are called to love our neighbors. And the kind of love that this parable reveals really has nothing to do with warm and fuzzy uh, things where we all circle up, hold hands, and sing kumbaya, and everybody is happy. No, it has everything to do with seeing someone in need and doing what we can to help. Remember, the best way to define the kind of love that Jesus is calling us to live every single day is love is working towards the physical, mental, and spiritual well-being of others. Love is not a feeling. It's not warm and fuzzy. It's working towards the spiritual, physical, and mental well-being of others, which when you think about it, that's exactly what the Samaritan did. Which in turn makes it clear that, that what service is at its essence, if you want to get what service is, it's love lived out. It's love lived out. It's the vehicle love uses to express itself in the world. It's how love puts flesh and blood and walks around. That's what love looks like lived out is service. Or to make this even clearer, let's just say that, that as these two holy men, the priest and the Levite, are walking by, they actually do have some feelings of compassion for this man. In that they're sorry that it happened. To a certain extent, they feel his pain, and they really do hope he's going to get some help. And maybe, just maybe, as they're walking by, they something like, say something like, well, God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Sound familiar? Well, what that puts into perspective, right, is... Who really cares how you feel or what your intentions are if you don't act on that love? Who really cares? Because when you think about it, feeling love and not acting on it is like figuring out the cure for cancer and not telling anybody about it. It's like knowing all the answers on the test but not writing any of them down. It's absolutely worthless. It doesn't matter. Or to push this even further, when you examine the life and ministry of Jesus, you will not find that Jesus walked around and just blessed people and said, I loved you and I'll be praying for you. No, you will find that in every aspect of Jesus' life, he was sharing and showing his love, God's love to the world, through service. Right? He, was, he put love in flesh and blood and, and walked among us. I mean, Jesus even says this, which is as radical today as it was back then. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, or even I, did not come to be served, 
but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve, so if we want to follow Jesus, that's what it looks like. It's service. But, but now that you're getting your, your brain around this idea of service and why it's so important in kind of a, a theological, philosophical kind of way, what we got to do now is we got to make this practical. What does this look like in the day-to-day bump and grind of our everyday life? And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to propose a couple of different ways that you can go out and begin to serve. And what I hope is that this is just a starting place for you. You go here, you try this out, and then God will begin to open up new ways for you to begin to serve in the world. So the first way that you can give your life to service is to simply look around at your life as it is now, your day-to-day existence, and see if there's someone in need. And when you find someone in need, you simply walk in and do what you can to help. It's as simple as that. There's someone in need, what you do is you go and help. That's service. Or um, to put this into perspective, let's say there's an older member in this congregation due to health concerns is no longer able to make it to church, right? Well, what service looks like that, looks like there, is you offering your time and energy to pick them up and bring them to church, maybe even making sure they make it to all their doctor's appointments, right? It can be as simple as that. There's a need and it's taken care of. Another way... Um, I go about this, which is a little bit more organized than than practicing something like that, is I devote myself to at least two random acts of kindness per week, right? And you guys know what a random act of kindness is. It's it's simply doing something nice for someone else without asking them um, for anything in return or expecting anything in return. So what I do is I I schedule out my random acts of kindness. Now, I know it's not random anymore, but it works. So go with me on that. So on my calendar, every single week on the top, I've got two places where it says random act of kindness. And what this does is this reminds me every other day that I need to be looking for a place in the world where I can make a difference. I need to be on the lookout for for a place that I can go in and actually serve someone. And you know the amazing thing about this simple little practice is it's not just something that happens to me on the days where I've got random acts of kindness. It's become a part of me. And I can't even tell you the number of times where I've run into someone where I was able to help. You know, maybe it was a conversation. Maybe it was someone that was in need and I could buy groceries for them. You know, maybe it was a phone call. I mean, there's so many different things that happen. If you'll just be aware that that God wants to use you to make a difference, that happens there. And then the, the obvious place where you can begin to serve is this church, right? Because as a church, we always need people to, to join us in a variety of capacities to help us bring heaven to earth. I mean, there's greeting people as they come in the door. There's getting involved in specific committees. And some of you are even going to get calls this week on joining and being a part of that. There's playing in the band. You know, that's in the back. There's singing in the choir. Or maybe even becoming a youth or children's teacher, a coach at that point. I mean, my God, do you guys realize that we had 29 kids uh, on Wednesday evening, which is about average what we have in our children's ministry? And then... In our youth ministry, we have gone from 12 to 29 overnight. Like they keep showing up. They keep spreading. It's like a friend comes and they like it and they bring all their other friends and all that kind of stuff. And we need help. We've got all these kids, this opportunity to minister and make a difference in their lives. Right? There's also things like preparing coffee. How many of you guys really like coffee when you come to church in the morning? Yeah, it's something as simple. How many of you, it keeps you awake so you can actually listen to what I have to say? <laughs> because I'm that boring, right? Let's just be honest. 
There's a method to my madness. You can't go to sleep because you're too wired up on coffee. You're welcome. So whatever it is that, that, whatever skills you have, let us know and we'll get you plugged in somewhere. And this is another way that you can go about helping us to inspire ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. Right? And what I want you guys to notice is it's that simple. It's not some big grand theological thing that you've got to get in your head and then go do. No, it's as simple as that person needs help. I'm going to go serve them. It's as simple as, hey, wait a minute. If, if I get involved here, then I can make a huge difference. It's that simple. Find somebody, something in need, and give yourself to that. But with all of that being said, what I really want all of you to get about the practice of service, which we all miss, we, we're kind of misguided when it comes to this, is that God is not calling us to a life of service so we can spend the rest of our lives sacrificing and slaving away in misery doing these things we don't want to do. I mean, that's what we think about when we think of service. No, the truth is most of the time living a life of service actually blesses you as much or even more than the person you get to serve. That's what you really need to get. This actually blesses you more than the people you get to serve. Or in other words, the reason why God is calling us to a life of service is not because he wants us to suffer, but it's because it's the best life for us. And the reason I know this is not only because the Bible says it over and over again, and not only because I've experienced it myself. No, the amazing thing about this is this is something that science continues to reveal over and over and over again. And that people who live lives of service, instead of spending their time only thinking about and serving themselves, live longer, happier, healthier, more joyful, more meaningful lives. Service makes your life Or maybe for those of you who are dealing with a bit of misery in your life and you can't get out of this funk, maybe your problem is, is you're too worried about yourself and what you need to do is worry about someone else and see what happens. I mean, you can try it. What's going to happen to you? You're going to be miserable still, right? There's not really a risk there. Go and try it and see what happens as you give yourself to something even bigger. All right, so now that you guys know, you got to go do it, right? You've got to go be the people in the world that, that put flesh and blood on God's love in little and big ways. One of the amazing things that I learned uh, this week, there, there's a study out there, that to, uh, and I guess it's been around for a while, but I've never heard it before. But if you will be kind to someone that you greet, if you will give them a smile, a compliment, it changes their brain chemistry. If they're in a dark place, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. When someone greets you and it's this amazing thing and all of a sudden you're turned around, what if we did that to everyone we met and then they take that and do that to someone else? I mean, it's just simple little things where we can make a true difference in this world by giving our lives to service. So I pray that, that you'll choose to serve as well. Let us pray. Father, again, we come to you, and man, I just love this series. I love how we're putting flesh and blood on your commandment to, to love you with everything that we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So, Lord, help us to continue to do those things, those foundational things of uh, loving you with all that we are. But, but now that we've got that set, now we're in that place, 
Help us now to, to take what we receive in, in our relationship with you and go out and share it with the world. Go out and serve the world just as you came to serve us. So now, oh Lord, we pray that we not just know this. We pray this is something that we go out and do every single day by the way we choose to live as your servants. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.